You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of The Comedy Cellar. We're at the back table at The Comedy Cellar. I'm here, as always, with the, uh, with what, what do you, my, my very, very... Well, you can categorize me as you will. Usually, set you lately. You've been saying you're uh, one of your best friends. I think you are one of my best friends. Shouldn't you know that right off? Well, <laughs> it, it took it took a while. Dan, you know, Dan's, Dan's people say he might be on the spectrum or whatever it is. But for whatever it is, it's not easy to get warm to Dan. But I think that I think we have some some warmth. Anyway, Mr. Dan Natterman. Thank you. We have speaking uh, of warmth, there's a little uh, it's a little hot in here. All right, Dan. And we have uh, Mr. <laughs> Danny Cohen is here, Hello. who's a, a relatively new member of the of the Comedy Cellar lineup yeah. here. J- Jessica Curson brought you in? Is that a- No, Lenny Marcus. But <laughs> Jessica tried uh, many years ago, but I, I wasn't ready. No I avail. wasn't interested uh, years ago. I, won't, I wanted to hang out. And a legend, Mr. Jackie Martling is here. It's, oh, it's, it's in the description of legendary standard comedian who formerly was a regular on the Howard Stern show. He's in the Howard Stern movie, as I recall. Yeah. He has been a stand-up comedian um, for going on 40 years and continues to sell out shows around the country. And I'm I'm very happy to have you here. I'm a big I'm fan. I'm thrilled to be here, and I think I should tell you the secret to selling out is working very small rooms. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does help. You know, we're, op- we're opening in, in Vegas uh, in April, and um, wow. it's a big room, and it's scaring the... Well, it's 300 seats. Is that, is that considered a big room in your... In your I, you know uh, what? I actually sold out a 300-seater a week and a half ago, and I'm still scratching my head why it happened, but uh, three. I think 300 is perfect size. I think so, 300, too. I like 300. 300 300 is a perfect size, I think, for a comedy show because you got the intimacy. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, 300, this was at a theater, you know, like, and 300 people in the theater. The theater's teeny because the people are so close. Right. 300 people in a nightclub is, you know. That's a problem. I think it's better when they're when they're close together. Oh, yeah. much much better. Yeah. That's one of the issues we're facing because, uh, I don't want to go into it. But uh, do do you play Vegas at all? Uh. A little bit, but not, uh, you know, I used to headline at the top of the Riv and, you know, sell some tickets, like, you know, 2,000 tickets in a weekend, you know, and it was spectacular, you know, because when you're hot, they treat you, you know, you know, who used to book me there was Steve Sharippa, who I became, uh, yeah, Sopranos, Sopranos, oh, yeah, yeah, Bobby yeah. Bag of Donuts, yeah, yeah. great character, <laughs> great guy, great guy. <laughs> So, and you, you stopped working? Well, no, well, you know, I go when they call. You know, I actually did a show about a year or two ago. Where there was like eight or nine of us at the uh, Orleans in one of those huge, huge rooms. And uh, that was spectacular. I made a lot of money and had a lot of funny and fun. I was like, wow, this is like the old days, you know. But, uh, you know, I don't go every week, you know. When you, when you okay, I, I listen. I, I got I got questions for each of you, and, and they they may both be radioactive questions. But listen, you used to work for Stern, so he he always asked whatever he wanted. This is this is a question I've always wanted to ask you. Eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you you left the Stern show. Yes, sir. Was it a mistake? No. If you had it to do over again. No, it, you it, know somebody just uh, it people, was over money, correct? Yeah. Well, and yes, and. Um, I'm 70, and I tell people, they're shocked, but I say, I would not change one second of my life. And I screwed up plenty and did a lot of wrong things and fun things and not, but it was, it's just been a terrific ride. Now, what I have, I have a beautiful house on the water. I can't even imagine what that would look like if I was still making six or seven or eight hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, you know, I just bought it and then I pulled the rug out from underneath myself, but it was a necessary move for. There's never one reason, you know. I had to get divorced. I had to quit drinking. You know, it's it's a whole long. You were story. drinking while you were doing the Stern show. Uh, yeah, well, not during. I it, mean, but, but yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> the Stern show probably saved my life because I had to be up at four thirty-five days a week, or else God knows what would have happened. You know, but um, you know, there's always a million different reasons, and I tell people, you know, I, I, it wasn't a mistake, but the truth of it is, a couple months after I left, I. Was, I called up and said, look, I'll take the deal if it's still on the table. And it wasn't. Why, why do you think it wasn't? They, they just, you were a big part of his success. He, he, well, it depends on who you talk to. But he seemed to feel It's that so way. funny. You know, there's a lot of money. And there was all kinds of stuff. You know, you're going to miss out on uh, the fame and blah, blah, blah. But after a while, I, I realized how 
unnatural it is, like to sit in a room with four or five people and laugh your balls off for four or five hours, five days a week. And get paid for you it. You take that, forget money, forget fame. You, you forget, you, you're so used to that, it never dawned on me. That's what you miss, not the paycheck, well, not anything. I mean, we'd sit there and, you know, at the end of every day, it was like, a, you know, the last day I was there, 15 years after I started, or 18 years after I started, was as much fun as the first day. Well, you know? what made you go back and say, oh, you know, is the deal still on the table? Because, because I realized that how much I missed, the, you know, the whole thing. You know, I, who and, advised and you? you know Did you have an agent? And I, I knew, I knew damn well there's a real good chance that, that, you know, that it was, it's like going back to your girlfriend after you break up with her or something. After you know. she caught you cheating. Because he was yeah. pissed at you, right? He was pissed. But who, or he resented it. Who knows? Who, you know, you never get a straight story. But it's so funny because people ask me about leaving and I tell them the story and they'll go like, well, that's what you said 15 years ago. And I said, well, well that's what happened. <laughs> that's I, what happened. I don't have a theater because he tells a different story every time. No, I mean, I get the feeling and, I, and I, I've been through this on a, on a very small scale. That you 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 build something, and then the people who are with you along for the ride. Now you don't know who's accurate here. Begin to think that they are. They were more responsible for where you got than than you might think they were. And then where the truth lies, I don't know. Absolutely, it's and, a gray area, man. Yeah. And know. then and then when they begin to, at some point, they throw that weight around, and it causes resentment. Now that resentment could be warranted. That resentment could be insecurity, on on your own part. Say, no, I I did this. I don't want to feel that he was responsible for whatever it is. You know. But I I got the feeling, and I don't think about it, that he was he he resented the stand that you took in that negotiation and that's why and uh, he's he's allowed but you know i tell people what i did as american is apple pie you know yeah. i had a job i asked for more money they said no and i went home you know right. you know if you're a new york yankee and you don't get your contract you know you stop playing at some point and, and stay the hell home yeah. so you know who knows well, you know, I, I, so I can't believe the people are still, yeah, it's been almost you know 20 years well it's 18 years and people it, it's like it happened yesterday hey Jackie miss you man well, it's a miss me of, I haven't been well, there it's, like, it's like when Trapper years. John left MASH I mean it's like the show it, it's, the show went on without you but it never yeah. actually you, you're, you're, you are an integral part of, the, of that show and you, you know it, and it's the old thing where, no you know, question de depending on who you talk to you know you get emails every day oh the show never was the same without you the show's better now without you you know and, and every everything, everything in between, in between. So, the show the show's good the show's good without you as well but it's not the same as it was right. with you it, it would be a good show if he was just standing in an elevator with a microphone but he he is that gifted right yeah, the, the guy's uh, yeah. the guy. I, but i wasn't claiming that i was responsible for half it it was like all right if we if the if howard is 98% of it and we're 2% of it Give me 2%. Pay us, yeah, pay <laughs> 2%. 2%. You probably didn't even ask for 2%. No. Because <laughs> he made it. He makes well, would, it. And that was a whole bone of a contention because you'd never, ever know how much money was being made because they were, they were printing money. They, they must have had a press in the basement. I mean, it was scary, you know. But but, the, I'm telling you, the guy, like, his books are great. His movie was great. He had so much very, fun. Very few missteps, you know. Uh, I, I admire him no end. Right. Uh, and, you know, and I was there, you know, from... Very close to the onset now, and it was spectacular ride. I mean, we went to Pluto. You know, were you were you there in uh, Washington when he started in Washington? I wasn't right? in Washington when he. I, I love this. I never get sick of the story. I was working. There was a place called Garvin's in Washington D.C. Garvin's laughing, and it was at the guy Harry Montecrusos and and Jeff Penn, great guys, and the New York Comics. We go down there and. Uh, it was funny, the first time I went down to audition, it was me and Rob Bartlett and Eddie Murphy and Richie Minavini, and they basically said, get in the car and go home, you know, because we all suck. But um, whenever, I, I was working there in like uh, August of 1982, and the owner said, hey, there's this nut that used to do broadcast in his underwear on Friday mornings from the club, and he just got fired. He's moving to NBC in New York. You should look him up. And I, of course, never heard of him. I never listened to radio. You know, I was a drunk that played music, you know. And uh, so I sent my three albums blind. You know, at, the, at that point, I had three homemade comedy LPs that I produced, you know. And uh, we'd send them to everybody. If I met you on the street, Danny, I'd say, hey, let me send you, you know. And so I just a set of three albums and three cassettes and all the crap and just Howard Stern care NBC. 
WNBC AM. And then a couple months later, you know, the woman who's going to be my wife, she called up and said, hey, that guy Howard Stern called. They called up. You got right on the phone. You want to come in, hang out on the air? And it worked out. Walked in and sat down with Howard and Robert and Fred. And at the end of the day, they said, you're a lot of fun. Come back next week. And then... The, wow. It's kind of like how I got on this podcast. No, it is. I, I didn't mean to go on and on. I'm sorry. It's great It's less obviously historical, but it's similar in that I wasn't originally part of this podcast, and then I was invited in as a guest, and and Noam was so impressed. Well, Dan, I I, I gave you a, you know there's a check for a cool fifteen hundred dollars uh, coming your way this week. Did you know that? No, wow. I didn't. For yeah, what, yeah, for the, for the last three years of services. Uh, no, we got we got another check from Sirius. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, wow. he, and you're also working your way up to being one of his friends. <laughs> yeah, well, I think <laughs> I've been already, to my house. I have been. <laughs> Howard but, doesn't socialize, right? Howard didn't socialize. Uh, you know, not really. You not know. really. This, so this is a book you're, uh, I guess you're promoting, the. this is a, bu a book? Yeah, The Joke the Man joke about a Stern. That's, these are my little ads. I, I, I oh. met a guy 25 years ago who made me a bunch of these because he was a big fan. He's been making them for free for 25 years. Is this it's, uh, is a new book or it's coming out or it's no, been No, it's, it's out. It's out. It's been out for uh, since October 24th and it's selling into the dozens and I'm very proud of it. That was the whole Stern story. So the fans are going nuts. So they it's, love it's, it. it. It's called Bow to Stern. Uh -huh. Obviously, we know what Stern comes from. Is bow a play on words, or you just... Bow to stern. I mean, I live on the water. I've okay. been a nautical guy my whole life. Beginning to end, front to back, you know. I like this. And the card is uh, their guitar pick. Guitar yes, picks. sir. I, I have one other question, but this isn't really... This is just for you, but, but it, it occurs to me about Howard Stern that he's been very lucky and very, and very um, adept at avoiding any of the resentment and ire of the Me Too movement. Because well, maybe he didn't do anything. Well, no, no I'm not talking about just. I'm not. I think he got out of dodge just in time. His personal behavior. I'm, I'm not. A, I. I don't. No accusation whatsoever. But things like getting uh, women with issues to humiliate themselves with vibrators in front of you know, and, and everybody laughing about it, whatever. This this could be taken by the women's movement as being disrespectful to women or exploit exploitative of women. Well it was you know, it was crazy exploitative except they would line up, they want they would do anything. They wanted to be there. It wasn't like, you know, anybody got you grab your pussy. They didn't care. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they came in and, and did anything. I, that was mine and Fred's job, was to come up with things that they wouldn't do. You know, we used to make, when Magic, you remember Magic Johnson had a talk show? Yeah. And it was horrible. Yeah, awful. And Howard used to play his monologue, and we'd laugh at it for an hour or two every day. And one day they called up and said, Magic wants, wants you to come on the show, Howard. And he said to me and Fred, we you got to come up with an idea that they won't let us do because I don't want to just say no to Magic Johnson. So we came up with the wild idea that we're going to... We had a band called The Losers with Howard on the organ and me on guitar and Fred on bass, whatever, Scott on the drums. And we said we want to come on the show and play Wipeout and instead of the... Instead of the drum breaks, we want people to fart. <laughs> and they called back and they said, Okay. Uh, and we went on the Magic Johnson show and we played Wipeout and we stopped. There was a girl and a guy bent over and they farted on WA, uh, on ABC TV. It's got to be on YouTube available or something oh, like that. Oh, it's got to be. I had never looked. ridiculous. <laughs> That's a great how, story. I mean, you know, there was a bunch of, look, you know, Los Angeles comics in front, like Drew Carey was there. They, they had to see it to believe it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, 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 I feel res respectful for women, and, and it's true. You know, they're adults, and they want to do it. Yeah. But at some point, you, you say, well, they're an adult, but they wouldn't agree to this if they were healthy, you know? And well, at listen, that point, you be becomes a little exploitative. If you want to start drawing a line, and I can't say anything because this is as much my fault as anybody's, but we had midget little people. You know, to, to me, little people sounds more insulting than midget. I agree. But we had midgets and... and Slow people, you know. That's another one, the slow people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, to me, you know, if you're a girl and you want to get your face on TV and you want to go come show your boobs, you know, you're you're of sound mind and body, you know. They uh, put that but, guy Beetle, Beetlejuice, they point at the corner and say, walk over there, you know, and sometimes you can do it. You know? And there was the uh, late Kenneth Keith Callen back. I don't know what problems he had, but I imagine they were not insubstantial. I. I will never know, you know. I just know the first time he blew smoke out of his eyeballs, I'm still laughing at it. Is know. that possible? Yeah. No, that's why it was funny, because he couldn't do it, and he threw up. No, no, but he actually did do it a couple times. It, that's got to be on YouTube, it, you know. It's, it, But, you know, 
it was such taking advantage of everything, you know. But also, you guys are—he was—he was young, and when you're young, you don't see things uh, with the wisdom of age and a new. You know, you're young, and you're trying to build. For lack of a better word, a business for yourself. Howard had on blinders. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know, boom. He you wouldn't know, have gotten where he you know, got if he stopped it. Things he said and things he did to yeah, I don't other know if jocks. It would, I don't know if it would fly today. No, no there's no way it would. No, not with me too. A lot of girls. All the family wouldn't fly today. Nothing flies Nothing today. Would, you know, it's hard to imagine anything. You know, you take anything. Well, and, you, you know, know. They, they do, they do. like, if you watch Family Guy and The Simpsons, and maybe because it's a cartoon, they have more latitude, but the shit they do... You know, you're shocked that you they're able it, to get away with it. Because it's a cartoon. Somehow people... Uh, Somehow that, you know, that flies, you know, like, you know, clowns and cartoons and, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, ventriloquist dummies. Ventriloquist dummies can say anything. That's, you know, Otto was a very good friend of mine because way way I, back in... Otto seven, Peterson. This is 1979, Otto. yeah, Otto Peterson and his dummy George. They, you know, because we were two guys that were so dirty we couldn't get booked, you know. And uh, he, he was such a hoot, but he had a talk show. For a little while, and he's doing a talk show with a dummy, and it was it was great, but not if you were on the show, because <clears throat> if if you're talking to the dummy, so you can't talk to Otto, but if you talk to the dummy, you're talking to a dummy, so you know. <laughs> oh, I'm used to so it. So there's a no <laughs> no one situation, you know. <laughs> okay, now having said all that, Danny, your question is. Yeah. I heard that you did gay conversion therapy. Oh yeah. Which way? Uh, it worked. <laughs> it it seems to have worked. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in the program for like um, two and a half years, I guess. Well, you went no. with the Mormons, you told me. But yeah. you got to start, start from the very, very beginning of this. Yeah. yeah well, the, the program? Yeah, it's a program. I would think it would be like going away to camp for a couple of weeks. No, it wasn't camp. It's a program. It's a weekly program. It was a bi-weekly Wait, so program. you're how old? I was At the four, uh, 40. 39, okay, 40. So you're a 39-year-old man who's, yeah. who's ex- obviously extremely troubled by the fact that you're homosexual and, and you can't... No, not at all. Oh, okay. Then I was you- totally gay. I was living a gay lifestyle. I had boyfriends. And then I became... What happened was I became an Orthodox Jew uh, at 39. So you did Jew conversion therapy and it first. Was Jew, it, was, it was via... <laughs> it was gay conversion therapy via Jewish conversion. <laughs> I see. No, wow. I, hold on. Let us yeah, all wrap yeah. up. <laughs> what happened was I, I just started becoming uh, an observant Jew. Just normal stuff. Started nothing wearing, crazy. Wearing yarmulke. Yeah, I started praying and I found God, and, and so to speak, whatever. How, just, how did you find God? I just... I don't know. It was a... I just... It just happened. I just you woke up one morning. You were searching. You were depressed. Yeah. So, so it just happened very gradually, and then all of a sudden, I so was being you gradually very... found God. Yeah. Okay. Like at 38. I'm interested in this. Yeah. I'm, at 38 yeah. years old, I started becoming religious. It wasn't anything serious. I was just like dabbling. No, 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 that's serious. To find God. No, it was at, a gradual thing. It wasn't so heavy and so, uh, you know, severe at, at you once. You went from eating uh, not kosher to keeping kosher. Yeah, slowly. Okay, but I'm saying these are big. These are big changes. Going to yes, temple, these are big. By, by the morning. end, by the time it was changed, it was a very big change. You yes. changed a lot of the things you were going to eat. Yeah, it, it, but not like <laughs> in one minute. It didn't take one minute. Somebody it wasn't like one day. I stopped. It. <laughs> it took like you know, like I would say, okay, now I'm not going to eat pig, and now I'm not going to eat all silly cheeseburgers. It was a gradual thing, and then like little by little, and then I stopped eating, and then I started eating. It was you a know, gradual I, thing. this reminds me. Of, I mean, you're gay. You understand this. It reminds yeah. me of like when you're decorating. Yeah. You know, like when you change one little thing, that all of a sudden now the Drapes need to be changed and now yeah. all of a sudden everything has to follow room. sort of like that. You, you change your no, I didn't do a rehaul, right? You, you, on all emotionally. You became Orthodox Jewish, like, oh shit, now I'm a fag. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, that's wait, exactly now I gotta what change happened. that. Right, so that was the last that's exact well, you're perfect. Yeah, I right. know, I know. So then my so then I'm talking to my brother and my mom, and that was the biggest mistake was in because I come they're all Orthodox, ultra Orthodox. So you and grew up in an Orthodox home. I grew up in an Orthodox home. So you home. one time went away from it. Yes, I grew up Orthodox. Okay. And I went to an all boys yeshiva. Uh, for high school, and then and then after that, and then by the time I was 26, 27, I was not Orthodox at all. But wait, now, when Go you ahead. started... At all. You said something about Mormon? No, oh, no said, I said... I, he, yeah, but you, then he jumped. Oh, so you were just so I making jumped, the yeah, guess. No, 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 no. He he did go to some Mormon conversion therapy right, the program. People, the people who ran Jonah, which is the organization that I was... The conversion program that I was part of, was run by Mormons. And this one Jewish guy, Arthur Goldberg. But <laughs> he, I guess he ran the whole thing, and the Mormons were the... Well, he was, was the umbrella, right. And the Mormons ran it. 
I got oh, to I know a like lot Alan of I feel like Alan Funt's going to walk in and say we were just okay. kidding. So uh, you're, you're in the chair with your eyeballs kept open. like. Oh, so like, let me go back a little bit to answer your question. So then I'm telling my family, you know, I'm becoming religious and da da and, the, and I, which was a very big mistake because I really shouldn't have involved anybody in this personal uh, journey of mine. And they're like, oh, so you're thinking of getting married. I'm like, because I'm 39. It's very normal to get married. By the time you're 23, you should be married. If you're 25 and you're not married in the Jewish Orthodox world, you're very old and there's a problem. Perfect. So here I am, 39 years old, and I'm like, well, that's a problem. I'm telling my brother, who's a rabbi at Chappelle Yeshiva in Jerusalem, I'm like, it's a problem because I'm gay. He's like, okay, I'll call you back. So he calls me back two days later with a website for Jonah, which is a conversion therapy organization. He's like, Get in contact with them. So I call them and blah, 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 and the rest is... is so no, tell us about the, what's the therapy like. Do you oh know how God, fascinating you, this is? Are you Wait, kidding did, me? Did how you want you to do it? Yeah. I mean, I didn't not want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, let's give it a shot. Let's is see what's going to make your parents <laughs> happy? Let's see or? what this is all about. They're saying it works. I'm like, all right, I'll... I'll you know, I'm easy breezy. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm very open-minded. Uh, so I figured, let me see what this is all about. Like, I'm interested. I always thought this was the kind of thing that your parents or the people... Well, well he, let me tell you, you're right, screaming, yeah, right? Let me tell, you're, bing, right. Bing. you're right, Jackie. No, Jackie is right, because there were two groups. Now, at the time I was 40, there was a 17, 18, 19-year-old group. They're like, do you, you're single. Do you want to be with the 18-year-old? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no way. All the Those, <laughs> though, they shouldn't be here. I'm like, people like me could be here if they wanted. But an 18-year-old, let them go dance and have a boyfriend. They don't, 18 years old, you don't know anything. You can't Their parents them, are throwing right, them right, there. Right, that was, right. I felt but, bad for them. But and you, there was a group of like eight of them in that in the other room. But you knew that to be religious, you had to be straight. So you, Correct. So the, That's the only reason why I was there, because I was observing Jewish law. Which so I says okay, which you, you, doesn't allow uh, uh, gay gay whatever gay male gay relationship may get get right okay May so now, so now is you get there day one right. are there is there is booklets like textbooks a syllabus what what no, is it? What, so you what is show it? up and it's like therapy it's like group therapy everyone starts talking and then, and then you know about, it's once oh, a week every day it was it was once a week and then I took privates once a week also. And, it's, and, it's and the very teacher much that like therapy. and the teacher that or whoever the therapist that you met privately with, right? He uh, uh, represented that he had once been gay, and he was a Alan Downing. Yes, he was also once gay, and he was married, and he became, and he was, and he's straight. But this, so this is in a live-in situation. You didn't go to Utah or anything. No, 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 it wasn't living, but I did go on. Um, weekends called Journey into Manhood. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that like twice. This is a documentary. This yeah, it was amazing. amazing. So, oh, well, uh, yeah. So now, so give us a little bit. Of, now, what? Okay, so yeah. the weekly group therapy. You're just in this, right, Dan? I am, but I wish you'd let Danny uh, yeah, well, talk yeah. a little bit. Well, it was, you know, so it was a therapy, you know, it was a, it's a group of like, there were 10 of us. And it was like a priest. There were a couple of Hasidic guys. There was this French guy. I don't know what he was, why he was there. <laughs> I was there. Uh, everyone was married in my group. Um, and, no, except for three of us. And the priest wasn't married. I wasn't married. And there was another one or two people that weren't married. Um, but all of them were married. And all of them had gotten married not really in touch with their sexuality. They had kids. And then they realized they were gay, which is very strange to me. I don't even understand how that happened. I don't but believe it. Well, that, that I don't understand, but I know people who got married and didn't realize they were gay. Well, Kevin, Me Kevin Meany, who was a comic that used yeah. to work here, that died about a year ago, I guess mm -hmm. it was. More than but he, he claims that uh, he did not know that he was gay when he was married. And everybody would tell him, you're gay. And he'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. And that... So I, I take him at his word. Seems like everybody yeah. else but, knew. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't take him at his word. I, I, I because just, why? why would he lie about no, to that? Protect, right. to protect, protect his wife from coming at him and saying, "Why did you put me through that?" When you knew, I don't know. That people are so self-aware. A lot of people. Some people are not self-aware. Everybody, guess. everybody masturbates, right? Um, yeah. When you masturbate. I guess. I don't know. You, you, you picture someone. That's an assumption. I don't know if oh, everybody okay. masturbates. Well, I, I presume Kevin Meany masturbated. You, you picture somebody as the object of your attraction. Attraction. Uh, uh, I think that, who do you picture? That's a great point. You're making a very good it argument. Is, yeah. It's an interesting point. On the other <laughs> hand, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to jerk off, who are you going to jerk off to? It's true. I didn't know I was gay. That's why I've been picturing a guy right, all this right. time. I don't know. That's uh, very strange. Stupid, I, I, stupid. You know, and I have some friends well, who. Well, you know, I don't, I, I mean, it. what Noam is saying makes sense. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss out of hand the notion that some people just don't know. I think it's a, a topic we're delving into. No, no, yeah, it is. It, I always found it strange. Anyway, so the therapy, we would talk, then it turned into drama therapy. We'd like, 
it was very like we'd go back to childhood wounds and then we would go back to being children and then talking about what it was there was trauma involved we'd hit we'd hit we'd take bats and we'd hit like uh, we'd hit bags punching bags it was a whole dr- drama therapy that's what it, pretty much what it, it broke down to and and you did it for two and a half years. And I did that for two and a half years. And I, I would do the, the weekend programs three times a year. And um, Did you have sex with women in those two and a half years? No. I never had sex with, with women ever in my life until today. Never. Until today. You didn't even including give it right. a shot that wasn't part of the therapy? Like, you know. No. No. Now that's the biggest shock of all. You, no. You think well, they put your feet yeah, in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my mother. We're going to teach you to swim me. for two and a half years, but you're not getting in the water. My mother always <laughs> wanted me to have sex with women. She's like, you want me to get you a prostitute? And she's a religious woman. It's so funny. Yeah. She's like, I'll get you a prostitute. We'll take you somewhere. Do it. And you're no, no, I never had it. I was never interested. Well, you know, you know. If, if you're not attracted to women, I don't know that having sex with a woman is going to change your mind at all. You know, you first need the attraction. Right, exactly. And I was and, and there. It, and, it, and you didn't have it. Right, and I was there to see if there was some sort of uh, understanding, an idea of healing. They were like, it's, heal- it's a childhood wound. They said that you can heal this childhood wound that made you gay. They blame your mother for this? No, they don't blame anybody. They're, they're, they were trying to find out each person and what their wound was and where it comes from and what, their, what, is, what is... What is holding them back from being the man that they need to be? It even... And, and by the way, you should know that these weekends, these ma- journey to... There were a lot of straight men there who are pussy whipped and they were there because they didn't have balls and they just... They were straight. They wanted to be men. They were straight. They really were and they were married wow. and they didn't... They weren't gay at all and they never said they were gay but they just wanted to be men. They wanted to find their masculinity. So these... And, and, these, and these programs, these weekends, they're still going. It had nothing to do with being gay but the gays were there too. So, you know, we had a group. The gay... You know, we had a, our own corner but most of them were, were straight, really. How big, how big is this group? The, 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 the weekends? Well, oh, they're well, like no, 300 like the people, 200, classes. 300 people, men. But the weekly classes. The weekly classes, in my group, there were 10, and then the 18-year-old group, there were like, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I don't know. I would see them going in and out. They were scared. They were like freaked out. These kids were like, there were chickens running in and out. It was like, I felt this bad for them because they were so young. That's a lot of money you spent. I spent a lot of money, right? Do you, be- you believe they, they uh, were sincere in taking your money, or is it, or they, or is it, a, is it a scam? I don't know. I, I was sincere. I don't know if they were sincere. I'm hoping they were sincere. It's like but Trump it, University? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I was, do they I, offer that? Yeah. But do you feel, you know, um, that being gay is so much a part of who you are that if you became straight by some miracle, mm-hmm. that then you would no longer be Danny Cohen? Well, you know, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? I know because of every because of the public because I'm of not, everybody. I'm just like saying, a fat comic that doesn't want to lose weight because they think. Well, they no, might no, lose. no. That I'm, I'm not talking middleman. about Remember that, but I'm just saying that's such a part of your who you are being gay. Well, remember. I was becoming an Orthodox, I became an Orthodox Jew, so I left a lot of what I was doing anyway, and I was living a different lifestyle also. So I figured, oh, okay, so let me just go, and then I realized, this is not where I want to go, this is not what I'm, this is all wrong, it was all wrong. And, and it was, so, you know, I just sort of Well, it was all wrong thing. because it wasn't working, or because you don't want to <clears throat> be straight? Because it wasn't working. But if it did... If I could give you a it pill, I, I if I could you. give you a pill today that would make you heterosexual, would you take it? Today, today. at fifty, because I'm fifty. Okay. Today, yes. no, because now I don't want to have. Now I'm fifty. At, at maybe at forty, I would have taken the pill. Wow. Then I have have kids. Why not? I want to have a normal life. I'm not. I mean, yeah, I want to have a normal life. From the world I'm in, being gay isn't normal, and it doesn't work. I have family members that will would not accept me if I had a boyfriend. I mean, that's not why I don't have a boyfriend, but I couldn't have a relationship with anybody in my family if I had a boyfriend. Anyone. Is this as fascinating as I think it is? It, it, is to me, it is. Uh, I got 4,000 questions. Go ahead. At, at some point... Let's go. At some point, go, was Jack. it like, hey, hey, look at that babe over there? I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The like, diagram, they pulled out the diagram. <laughs> this tits. <laughs> well, it was interesting because some of the guys, they were like that. And I'm like, oh, they used to be gay and now they're doing that. It's very strange to me. It's funny that we're talking about this because, you know, I haven't spoken about this in, in a long time. And I was on the subway today and I saw one of the guys from my program. He's a Hasidic Jewish guy that lives in my neighborhood that I never see. And he was on my subway. And he had a boyfriend and was very big in the LGBT 
community in Chicago. He used to be a big, uh, you know, he was being in the old protest and he was very active, very active in the gay community in Chicago. Suddenly one day he said, I don't want to do this anymore. He became religious and then he got married a year and a half later without any program. He just decided to just, I'm going to get religious. And then he got married and he has seven kids. Wow. And he was in my group. You were telling me... Uh, but he's on medication. He's on, like, depressant medication. So there's something going on with his brain. From the seven kids. You were telling yeah. me, I think, at the time... He's completely numb, right. When he's, we were talking about this, that you were thinking of finding a lesbian woman that just wanted to have an arrangement? Towards so, the end, I was like, I don't know what... This isn't working. And I was like, maybe we can find a lesbian woman and then, then and like, who's, who wants to be religious. Then I realized women are different than men. I, I have never met... A Jewish Orthodox... I've never met a woman who will would hide. I don't know anyone... That, I don't know any women that hide. What do you mean hide? They're all honest. They're, they're about their sexuality. Like closeted women. She wouldn't pretend to be straight. Right. They would, oh, but but not that she would be. pretend to be straight, but because part of the mandate in religious... In, in, there are a lot more closeted she, men than closeted women, uh, but, I think. But, okay, but because of the mandate to have children in, an, in a religious home... What, you, you know, you might find a lesbian woman that's willing to have children with you and have a Jewish home, not because I, I she's want, hiding, but because that is what you're supposed to do. Because that's I what you need. Do, but all those Jewish women that would want to be, they would find another Jewish woman because according to Jewish law, you can be a lesbian. You can? What? Yeah. There's no, there's no, you 100%, there's no Jewish, um, the Jewish law, you're allowed to be a lesbian, yeah. There that's no, awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But no, you can you, live a lesbian lifestyle. It's not it's not recommended. They but it's not the ideal lifestyle. It's not the ideal lifestyle, but they can't they can wow. by Jewish law. And you can't have they kids. can argue yeah. with the rabbi and the rabbi can't win. There's no winning to that argument. That's they can a, win. That's a yeah. big block in this whole thing. Well, because the Bible says, I mean, the one passage that everybody points to is a man shall not lay with a man as with a woman. Right. Right? And that's the long They don't talk the sh- about women. They don't mention women. And is that the, the only thing that the Bible says with regard to homosexuality? No, no, no. The, more Talmud, stuff? the Talmud goes into it a little more. But the Talmud is 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 uh, just Joyelle, everybody who has something that She's gonna. She's gonna All come right. sit down, Joyo. We're talking. I don't know if you know this, but but Danny had gay conversion therapy for two and a half years. All right. Did this it is, work? And well, look no. at him. <laughs> this is Joyo. This is Jackie right, Marlin. I gave it my Hi. best shot. It's uh, a hell of a thing to spring on somebody that's just sitting down at a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, the yeah. worst has happened at yeah. the table. I was almost molested yeah. by my rabbi uh-huh. when I was a little boy, by the way. Oh. That happens in the Jewish community, too? Uh, it, ha- it, happens, <laughs> yeah. it happens everywhere, Joel. It happens everywhere. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was, um, I, was, I was getting ready to be bar mitzvahed. And my, I hadn't gone to Hebrew school. So my father hired the uh, rabbi from the Dobbs Ferry Temple to tutor me. And he and my mother went out to the movies. And I was home alone with the rabbi. And he says, well, do you know what it means to be Jewish? And I'm like, yeah. And I said whatever it was. And he says, well, what else? And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, well, Jews are circumcised. I said, oh, yeah, I knew that. He goes, well, do you know what that is? And, and I had never seen an uncircumcised penis. I really didn't know. I, I think that's common. Like, we didn't know. Sure. I, had, I saw a friend of mine once, and I was like, I thought he had, was, had been injured. Right, right. right. So, yeah. I was, so I didn't know where whatever it is. So I said, I don't, I don't really know where it is or whatever it is. So he says, where's your room? I said, upstairs. So he takes me up to my room. No! He, he lays me down on the bed. That's all I remember. No, and he lays me down, <laughs> on, the, he lays me down <laughs> on the bed, and he starts to unbuckle my belt. Wow. And for some reason, I stopped him. And I'm telling you, it wasn't because I... We were not. We weren't taught about molestation. No, you, it was right, never on my right, radar. I right. was just shy. Yeah, no I idea just what he was like, doing. I no idea that he was doing anything wrong. Right. I just didn't like the idea of a stranger, you know, looking at my peepee, you know. Right. So I stopped right. him, and he didn't. And he didn't force the issue. Did you say you had a headache or anything? <laughs> no, no. Well, because <laughs> when, when, when my, my father got home, I told him the story. Oh. Now it clicked immediately to oh, him, boy. and you know what my father said? He says, well, "Next time, you hit him with your purse." <laughs> he didn't. This, this is what my father said to me. So you didn't go all that way for that joke. <laughs> no, it's just true. So help me, God. My father, next time you hit him with your purse. He didn't call the rabbi and say, "What the fuck I were you doing?" I think he did, but I, but I think in my my father's wisdom, he knew enough that I that I wasn't traumatized by it, and rather right. than like freak me out about it, right. screw up, the he world. made it off as a joke. 
And then he called the. Is this the rabbi that bar misfit you? Uh, or whatever. Well, he it, it, was the, you. it was the junior rabbi. The senior rabbi did end up bar mitzvahing me, but I never, but I never saw the the junior one again. <laughs> Your father was like, please, that happened to me too. <laughs> but looking back on it now, like you think a father would like get a baseball bat, right? Of course. I mean, I had no. And well, you never. Maybe he took care of it, and you didn't know anything. You know. No, about because ah. he. he we, that we talk about you never saw the, the guy again. No, no, he never. He never became senior rabbi. He never became senior. Well, but it's just it's an interesting story. So yeah, I was so yeah, I was almost molested by the rabbi. So uh, you know, it's funny because I I don't know molested. I was at Boy Scout camp and I was telling dirty jokes when I was in fifth and sixth grade, and we're all telling jokes in the counselor's tent, and they all leave, and then the guy offered me a dollar a minute to blow him, and I was like, no, but I I didn't take it like some crazy. I was like. No, it just didn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Someone older than you? Or yeah, well, he, he must have been like, you know, he might have been 20 or 22. But, you know, I didn't hit him with a club or anything. I was a real little kid. But, but I'm thinking, I had a strong personality. And I said, no. I bet you if he took 10 shots at the goal, he hit half of the time he sure. hit a home run. You know, you offer a young Jewish Danny Cohen a dollar a minute to blow you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a lot of money. Line him up. <laughs> right. so, so what's your, what's your molestation story, Joel? <laughs> Luckily, I do not have one. <laughs> when when we, we were kids... I uh, uh, 62. This was not on our radar. We didn't. We didn't perceive these things like that. Even if a high school teacher was going out with a girl in the class or whatever it was, we didn't well, see that. That as never a, happened in my high school. Oh, it happened in my high school. There was this guy Chester the molester. I think it was an urban legend. But people used to remember. Did you ever talk about that on Long Island, Chester well, the, well, the molester? We had a guy in a Ford Fairlane, white Ford Fairlane, that used to call you over to his window and, and point at his dick. You know, but that. As far as we know, he's like the town drunk or the or the local guy that carries the basketballs for St. Dominic's. You know, it's like it was just part of the. You know, we knew it was crazy, but it was part of the part of Mayberry. There, of there Mayberry. was an older fellow on our block that used to invite all the kids over for hot chocolate and to play games. But he was a perfect gentleman. All we did was have hot chocolate and play games. But I, I do wonder, and I used to tell my father, "Yeah, Mister Blank, we're I'm going over to his house to you know." I mean, I I just wondered today if a parent would. An alarm bell would go off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if the parent might say, oh, what exactly are you doing over there? I mean, did he ever sneak any of you guys out of the room? Well, maybe he did, and I just wasn't invited. Ten go in, nine go out. You were the wingman? You were the wingman. That was cover. It could be that I just didn't tickle his fancy, but but I think he was, I don't think he was doing it with anybody, but, you know, just in today's day and age, I think you would, a kid might be told, don't go to an old dude's house and, you know, play Play and have hot chocolate. Well, yeah. Well, imagine a kid walking in and telling his parents, "Yeah, I was over at Mr. Smith's house, and you know he's ninety, and we're, we're all twelve, and he gave us cookies." Like, ding, I ding, wouldn't ding. let my kid go to somebody to some guy's house. No. But in those what, days, what, yeah, you know, it was a different what is it, world. What does an older guy have anything to do with my kids? What does that have to do with My mother that? used to let me take acting classes in Hell's Kitchen when I was 13 years old. Oh, you're and a that, city girl. Yeah, she okay. would let. No, but I'm a Jersey girl, so I would take the bus oh, into okay. Port Authority. At night to take acting classes in wow. Hell's Kitchen, and, and it was not. This was like '90s Hell oh, Kitchen, yeah. Hell's Kitchen. So, yeah, I can't believe I can't believe I was never molested. I think, yeah. yeah, I wasn't molested. <laughs> you were not molested. No. So and, you know, and these people who molest children, they're, they're really cursed, right? I mean, like, I guess so. Do, do you think that they're any less born with this? Desire than a gay man is born with his desire, or a straight oh, man is born with their you're desire. Saying, you're asking if it's social or if it's nurture nature. Well, whether it's nurture or nature, either way, it's something they probably didn't. I think it's ask nature. For. You think it's nature? I agree yeah. with Dan. Yeah, yeah whether it's, it's nurture or nature, it's something you know. T- some of them are nurtured, and some of it is nature. But I think it's a mix of both. Now they claim that's not curable, right? Like, well, they, they well can't. I nothing else is anything else curable in the realm of sexuality. Right, right. They can't cure poor Danny of his homosexual. Yeah, they um, couldn't cure me. They can't. <laughs> they're doing. They 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 tried and failed with I transgender tried. people. Right. And they said, well, the best solution we have for you is we can give you tits and a vagina, but we can't change your psychology. Right. And so I, they I don't, don't seem to really be able to change anybody's psychology. Well, the curse of time is taking my erection away. <laughs> yes, time will eventually uh, will eventually take your sex drive away and, and maybe your erection, but they don't seem to have any ability to change to your change. basic sexual proclivities. Right. Well, and the transgender is more than just a sexual proclivity, as we've learned on this show. It's It's... It's just 
feeling like the sex that right, you are, right. even even if you have no sex drive, right? Well, and that's, my, that's true. My group was was they were married men, so they were trying to figure out a way that they can live happy lives with their with their wives and figure out a way where yeah, it can they're just living work. a lie. They're living a lie, and they don't want to live a lie. Right, but their wives knew at that point. Wives knew. Yeah. And um, they were trying to figure out how they can keep their life together Aren't and keep women it working. just amazing. Like a woman will be supportive of her. Oh, they gay were great. They were all. They were all supportive. Denial. Huh? Or in denial. Or in denial. But I'm saying a man, but like a man would just like get out. Like women are just so devoted in a way that men are not. I think so. They're most. They're not capable much. Of. Yeah. Then you're right. I agree. Um, and these guys were there on their own volition, or their wives yeah. sent them there. No, they were there on their own volition to make the wives happy. To make their lives, make lives happy. happy. They, they, they had children. They had unhappy marriages. They felt bad for their wives. They felt bad that they were in a situation that they didn't want their family to fall apart. They're like, how do I make this work? I, I know I'm halfway there, but I got to make it work. So they were there to try to make it work. And I and there were, a lot of them were, you know, they would talk about it. And, and they, they, were, they found happiness in, in, in the program. It worked for them. You know, for me, I, was, I had a, a much longer way to go. So I wasn't about to plunge if it wasn't working. They were already took the plunge. They got they married. They had married. kids. They were already there. So for you me, you just it had was to figure out how to make it not a daily torture to be married. Right. All right. Wow. So we got a couple of things to cover. First of all, Joyle's going on Seth Meyers. Yes, tomorrow. Congratulations. Thank you. How, how did that come about for you? Um, they just contacted. I just got a new badass manager. She's awesome. Oh. Who's that, man? Who's your manager? Tova Silverman. I know Tova. Yeah. Tova oh, used to. She, 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 she was on no, the show. No, no, no. She was never. Oh, she was on the show, but she didn't talk. She was here just auditing, if you will. Uh, she used to work at the Gersh Agency. Yes. And uh, and I'm with the Gersh Agency. Yes. Yes. How come you're not on Seth Meyers? Because <laughs> a, she's no longer with the Gersh Agency. B, I do have a, an audition for Seth Meyers coming up. Right. Um, you know, C. Uh, the Gersh Agency, you know, God bless him. Uh, I don't hear from him that often. Are you nervous? <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this your a first network? Uh, this is my first late night set. Yeah, yes. congratulations. I'm super excited, so I'm going to go run some yeah, time yeah. downstairs. Joyelle, yeah, um, how many times have you seen Black Panther? Twice. Oh, just twice? What do you think of weekend. it? That's a good question, Dan. What do you think of it? I think it was a perfect movie. Perfect movie. Well, you, I, you I went there it. dressed in costume. Uh, this. Yes, both times I did. First wow. time dressed as a Black Panther, Angela Davis, and the second time dressed in a Zamunda African garb. Did you, Zamunda, right. you mean from the movie, from the Eddie Murphy movie? Yes. Okay. Wow. Did you see it, Jackie? Yes. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but, but it, it, it's straight. What I don't, I'm not a Marvel comics guy. I drew the line Superman, Batman, and Archie, and that's the, those were my comics <laughs> in the fifties. And you know, I never went to the Spider-Man and the whole thing. So. But I loved it. You know, it was great. It was uh, it was good. It was really good. What about Japanese hentai porn? That's <laughs> yeah, good. I loved it. It's great. I oh, saw it on 4D. Shut up. Uh, uh, every, everybody white is just like jumping all over to, to just express how much they love this I movie. Did. It's a good movie. Yeah, I it didn't is, dance out of there, but it was you know, it, it, was, it doesn't warrant the, the, the Well, it's an event. I mean, you know, where did exactly. you see it? Did Culturally you, it's important. I, I, I did right. you see it like at the Magic Johnson's theater? <laughs> no, I did not. I went to Union Square, which felt like Magic Johnson because everybody was screaming at the screen. And then the second time I was at Brooklyn Academy of Music. What was the percentage uh, composition of the audience? It was, mo well, the second time I went with the NAACP of Brooklyn, so it was all black. But the first time it was probably like 70% black. Well, that's Y'all gave us the weekend. I appreciate As a non-black man, <laughs> that would probably be the best place for me to see it, to get the full oh, experience. I think everyone... I don't want to see it in Darien, Connecticut. Oh, no. I think right, every right. person should see a black film at a black theater its opening weekend. Put that on your bucket list. It's very entertaining. Will you take me to the next black film opening? Over the oh, of course, I will go Noam. with you. Well, the problem is, Noam, there'll, there'll probably never again be a black film quite like this, at least not for a while. This was the biggest, yeah. uh, you know, there's not going to be a bigger one. I don't. I can't imagine that there would be. They put I all mean, the marbles in the one bucket for this. Was great. Well, they're doing Infinity Wars is next. So look, it's pretty good. It's great. But it had a few. It had a few flaws. There were a lot of. There were a lot of devices that were derivative of other movies. Mm -hmm. When he throws them over the waterfall, every nobody thinks he's dead, and that's like the dramatic. You know. Why are you spoilering? <laughs> oh come on! Everybody's I mean, seen, it. seen it. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Listen, no, not, I, that's my point. It's not a spoil because nobody yeah. thinks when he goes over the waterfall that that he's dead. You mean the train's right. not going to run over Batman? The train's not going to run over yeah. Batman. Right, exactly. Right. exactly. I mean, yeah, so, that's the superhero what is trope. The, so. What is the um, 
take away from it? Is there a lesson to be learned from Black Panther? What do we learn, if anything? What is the moral of the story? Is there a moral of the story? Community. Black people can be superheroes, too? I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> oh, I walked away with community. Community? Yeah, loyal. There's community. so many lessons. Yeah, yeah community. I mean, you want to stick... To, community is very important in, in this world. Yeah. Having community... Ha- sticking Having together, village. not being divided. Sticking together yeah. it is... You, you're stronger when you stick together. Now, yeah. now race was in the news with. this week as well mm-hmm. because Farrakhan, this Woman's March thing. You know about this? No. Oh, no, 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 never mind. Tell me, please. Well, the, the, well you want to talk about the, um, the, 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 the school walkout, Noam? Huh? The school walkout, I thought you wanted oh, to well, discuss. Well, well, what exactly was the school walkout there? They were walking out of school. Well, in, 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 in protest Today. of the Parkland Run? Yeah, the 17-minute walkout. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I guess. I thought a, it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be they were all going to stay home and not go to school until, that was, I think, a, the original plan. No, they were planning to go to school and walk out on purpose, the, uh, yeah. Okay, but originally I it was I heard that they were just kids weren't going to go to school mm. until they passed some gun laws or something like that. I don't know if that was ever on the agenda. But anyway, this was just a 17, 17 minutes for seventeen for seventeen. This, this is, and in some schools, the the teachers you know hailed it and walked out and cheered with them. And other schools, the kids all got detention. Which detention? Is, yeah, for which, seventeen minutes. You know, I would have went to Carvel. <laughs> Did you walk out of your gay conversion therapy for 17 minutes? Anyway, now what I'm saying, they, they literally got punished. That's, for that must be in, in, in the blue, in the red states, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, well, anyway, so this just I do. I, I, too bad you don't know about the Farrakhan thing. Because, but I have a I have something to talk no, to. Tom is just. Dying I have something to get racially to ask you. Please. I notice a lot of times situations that if I were black, I think I would feel resentment in the sense of. Times when, when people hold their fire, like for instance, this voter suppression stuff. You know, of course I'm against voter suppression, right? But one of the laws they want to pass is picture IDs, and the whole pretext of this of this objection is that you can't expect black people to get a picture ID the way white people do. That's voter suppression. Like, and I'm saying they go to the movies, they go to bars. Everybody black I know drives a car. Like, like how how people dis- live in America. Yeah, how dysfunctional are these white liberals ready to go on record as their opinion about black folk that they want to say that if you ask them to get picture IDs, you are suppressing their vote. You know what I'm saying? And, think- and the same thing with this, like when, when Farrakhan says the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, like, like, you know, it's like, well, but you can't really expect them to stand up again. Of course you can. People live up to whatever you expect of them. I don't, and, and I don't think I'm being hard on black people. I think that's being respectful of black people, no? It's, it's, reason, I mean, I it's reasonable. That, I can yeah. see that point, but I think it just perpetuates the fallacy that there is voter fraud. Voter fraud is not a thing, and so the part of... I agree with that. Yeah, so... Nevertheless... Statistically... There is no need for someone to require a photo ID because in some areas, like maybe a senior citizen might not have a photo ID or an ex-convict might have a photo ID where they're changing all those laws. So the only point is... Everything. But the only point is they're just trying to chip away. They're chipping away. So that's part of them chipping away at making it less accessible. I I do reject the motivation. I I can't stress... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like contradictory thoughts, but they're both true. Yes, they should all be ashamed of themselves for any devious plot they're trying to come up with to suppress black votes. Nevertheless, I could also see black people saying, I don't, we don't give a shit if you want photo IDs. What do you think? We can't get a photo ID? Like, it's so cute that you think that's going to suppress our vote. Like, we can't get photo... Of course we can get photo IDs. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's insulting. Come, come, come with something better than that if you want to suppress our vote. <laughs> that's my point. Like, that's, that's just not going to do it, okay? Because we're just like you. But, but then white liberals, they obviously don't think black people are just like white people. They obviously don't... They don't think that black people can be asked to get photo IDs. It's nuts to me. Like, if I were a black leader, I'd be like, fuck yourself. Of course we can get photo IDs. I mean, essentially, we don't trust Democrats or Republicans if you're smart enough, but we have to have somebody <laughs> that's yeah, going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. repping for I, us. I, I'm always stunned by this photo ID thing and, yeah. and, the, and the Farrakhan I'm thing. stunned by most left liberal things. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, point, there's no point in it. They're doing it just to chip away at our access to voting. That's all. Yeah, but but it should, but it won't work. It does work. I, it does work. I know black people. 
And they can get photo IDs. I'm I telling know black you, people. Know black people. That should be the name of this episode. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen anybody black that I met who seemed to be incapable of getting a photo ID. I can take you to Brooklyn. As long as the office stayed open a little bit later than the hours that it posted. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Valid point. <laughs> yeah, all right, go ahead. What else, Dan? What else well, is in the news? Well, so, uh, <laughs> no, I just wanted to. I know we never really hit uh, Jackie's book too much. The go joke. Ahead, man, go ahead. The joke man bow to stern might be a good way to end things. Just to. Well, I appreciate plug that. Mr. Martling's. Uh, Jackie, Mar- by the way, is your first name J- Jackson or J- it's Jacob? It's John. Or- oh, it's John. I was John Jr., but I was Jackie from, you know, as long as I was from the time Is I was Jackie cognizant. a typical nickname for John? Absolutely. Yeah, like John, I didn't, Jackie Kennedy. Oh, no, that's the, that, then they call Jack. They call him Jack, Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy, yeah. It's a very typical n- nickname for John. I didn't know that. Uh, but in any case, um, from Bow to Stern. So this is basically focusing on the Stern years? It's, uh, well, let me just give the, it's JackieTheJokeMan.com. The URL comes up. Artie Lang did the forward, and he also did the forward on the on the audio version. And it's like 30 or 40% me and growing up and stuff. And then the rest is, you know, all Stern Show stories. And and um, and the whole story, how I wound up there and everything. And, and people that are big fans... It's it's like a chronological thing that just they'll, they'll know where they were. Oh, I would know where I was when the movie came out. I know where I was during the Channel Nine show. I know where I was when Jackie first came aboard. You know, so it's and it's. Fun. I remember where I was when the name Baba Booey became the nickname of Baba Booey. Yeah, I remember. I was driving on the Merritt Parkway on to doing a on my way to a. Uh, Temp job, but in any case, that's my temp? secretary. Like typing? No, everything? like temp. Like I was home from college, and uh, it was like night. I believe, if memory serves, like 1988, when Baba Bowie was anointed Baba Bowie. Probably, yeah. It could have been 86. It could have been 88. It was, well, it, was, it wasn't was 86. The old studio. Because yeah, it, it was definitely I was in college, so right, it wasn't so 88. 86. Might have been 88. Did you? I always suspected that at least once something happened between Howard and Robin. Something there seemed to be some sexual tension. Something. No, I no, but I neither I nor anybody else suspected that. People, people (laughs) said, you know, all right, Howard was with Jessica Hahn in the trailer during the movie. He he's not that guy. He's not that. He doesn't he doesn't do that. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that. You you know, we you all knew people in school that weren't guys that. Hit on girls or went up to girls, and he was six foot six or six foot five since he was in sixth grade. So he always had to act like an adult. He always stood out, you know. So that's why he's weird and crazy. But you know, people say, "Oh, oh I know he banged." You. No, he never went near anybody, you know, and he really didn't. And you know, and if he did, he fooled he fooled me, fooled Freddie, fooled everybody. Well, that's but just not his thing. You that's know? not that's not how he rolled. I just uh, his felt his it was thing I get it. his, I his it. thing in life, I guess, was. Conquering the radio world. That was his kink. That was his. That was his sex. That's all he wanted. Right. You know. Makes sense to me. Jackie, uh, so Artie is doing the, uh, or has done the forward to the book. Are you guys buddies? Yeah. You know, that's another thing that people don't realize. I left that show in March of 2001. He didn't come aboard till October. People say, oh, it's good to see you guys getting along again. We had nothing to do with each other. There was a huge gap of time between the time I left. They tried like a whole bunch of people in my seat. You know who who flunked out of that seat? Well, they tried everybody, I think. Yeah, I don't know if people. I didn't listen, but I I don't know whether they were trying people out or just plugging people in to see what happened. Or, you know. Do you think? And I always thought otherwise. I always thought Howard made a mistake going to satellite radio. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I was. I actually had a contract, an unsigned contract, to be the voice of Raw Dog. And it was for a lot of money, and I was very excited. And then my lawyer called me up and said they took the deal off the table. And I said, why? He said, because they, they think they're going to get Howard Stern to come to Sirius. And, or well, maybe it was X, I don't know, whatever it was at yeah. the time. Seriously. And I said to myself, why not just tell me, look, we changed our mind. We don't want you. Why, why lie to me? You know, because in my mind, there was no way he was ever going because that whole goddamn show... Was let me at him. You know, hold me back, hold me right, back. Right, you know? right. Now, people say, oh, you're going to come over to my house, don't curse in front of my parents. I'm like, hey, I was on the radio 18 years. I never got bleeped. People forget, we were radio clean, radio friendly. And going up against the the, the rules was the whole show. And I'm like, well, the if frustration. All of a, if that- all of a sudden, yeah, if all of a sudden you're on serious and you can say and do anything, it's like playing football with no lines. <laughs> You know, right. no referee. Yeah, I, I agree. With, I, and that, then all of a sudden, boom, Howard Stern coming to say, well, at least they weren't lying to me. That, that was one reason I thought that 
I agree that I thought that the idea of being able to curse sounded was probably more important in theory than it actually would turn out to be. No, the there, frustration was funny the and interesting. The frustration was funny and, and, and uh, uh, was uh, inspiring for creativity, you know, different ways. But one thing, I, I left, and then they were at K-Rock for another five years, and I guess... By all accounts, it got real, real bad. Like, they were curtailing them so bad. Like, yeah. I, they were bleeping everything and taking all... It was killing the content. But to, but to me, the other reason I thought it was a mistake is when you're on uh, what are they, uh, uh, terrestrial radio, your audience is 300 million people. A certain number watched. This day, some, I, used to listen, I used to listen, like, once a month to Howard or whatever. Now you have to get 100% of your listeners from this finite group of subscribers. And therefore, Howard Stern, who was like the, the, the cultural zeitgeist guy, it was became, a niche, became a niche guy. Because people, all they had to do and was that go, was a huge mistake. They just had to go click, and there he was. You know, the few yeah. times I was late, you know, I'm riding down the expressway, and people are yelling at me because he's saying I'm late. And everybody's listening to the show. That's Get right. to work, you jerk off. You know, like... Or, or 9-11, they were still on the regular radio, right? Yes, yes they yeah. were. That's yeah. a perfect example. So everybody worked, li started listening to Howard Stern on 9-11, right? This is one of the... That was the most fascinating day of radio probably in history right. as far as... Yeah, I mean. Satellite, no. It, it wouldn't have had that impact. On a, on a, and I feel like, yes, he made millions and millions of dollars, but he had more money than his great-great-grandkids could ever spend anyway. Always. But that huge audience, it's, it's like, it's similar in a weird way to the comedy store. Like, we have, a, we have a dinky little basement here. But like Seinfeld and Rocket, they all come down here because they need the audience. It's a shot heard around and, the world. And they can't, with all their money, they can't get that. And with all his money, he can't buy the access to 300 million people that he, that he used to have now that he's on satellite. And I think that diminished him. In some way, creatively, you think no, so? No, just his his impact, impact on the culture. On the culture. His <laughs> impact on the culture, which has to matter to him. I mean, it was a huge thing for him to have that kind. Well, he was supposedly really, really pissed off yeah, that I, more millions of people didn't follow him to Sirius. I mean, his movie opened to number one, right? Would his movie open to number one if he had been on Sirius? No. You know, the, the whole thing with with paying for radio. I, I would go out to dinner. And I'd sit there, and a waiter would come up and say, oh, are you Jackie Martin? I'd, yeah. And they go, oh, man, I was such a big fan. I really love the Stern Show. I said, yeah, I'm not there anymore. And they'll say, yeah, you know, I, I can't pay for, you yeah. know, for serious. And this is a waiter. He's got better things to do with $10 a month, which sounds, it's kind of hard to accept. But seriously, you know, if you've got a billion things you got to pay for, like, I'm and not paying for radio. If you, you listen know? every day, like, like I drive, so I have it for sure. But some people, like I said, would listen to it from time to time. Listen to it for a couple of weeks and then put it down for a few months. And then you're not going to pay $10 a month. And then it's month. time for renewal. And they're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. You know, a I lot know. of people, you get six months free with your car when you rent it or buy it. That's then they right. let it, you know. Too bad. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I, despite what I'm saying, I'm, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. So I say that only because I want kind of what's best for him in a weird way. But even though I don't know. That's what's him. crazy. People yeah. come and say, I'm the biggest fan. I'm the big, I was yeah. a huge, huge fan. No, I don't get serious. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, yeah. Where's that? your priorities? How big, how big, yeah, big are you? Right. No, seriously, right. listen. I, again, radio, you can put on any radio in your house. You can put it on your friend's house. Serious, you have to have that radio with that ID. If you don't have it with you, you can't put it on it. It's extra money. You have money to be a real it. fan. If like you are the, not a, a radio right. listener in your car. Right. There's not much to and separate. And there's a the little thing. bit of a technical aspect to it. So many people don't, you know, you get in the car and go click. That's as, that's as technical as a lot of people want to get, you know. Yeah, if I, if I, I wonder why he doesn't go back or well, whatever. Anyway, we're out of time. Well, uh, Joyelle, uh, I wish you well with your new uh, fabulous agent. She is Thank a wonderful you. uh, young lady, is I she not? I love her so yeah. much. We all wish you well. Thank you. I love Joyelle. Jo Joyelle was one of the I'm heroes talking about of our... I'm talking about Tova Silverman, her I agent. Know, but I know. Joyelle is also wonderful. She was one of the heroes of our Guy Branham uh, podcast. And I, 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 I'll, <laughs> I'll always, take it. I would be thankful to her for that. And uh, Danny Cohen, um, give it another shot. Don't be a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to announce I'm at uh, the Studio Theater in Lindenhurst on Long Island, March 31st. And I tweet filthy, stupid jokes every day at International Marijuana Time 420 at Jackie Martling. Oh, okay, one other question. I'm getting, you're, you're, you're 70 years old, you said? He looks good, I just, by the way. I just turned 70 on Valentine's Day. Do you, you have trouble remembering all those jokes? What'd you ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's so funny. Because <clears throat> sometimes gone. things slip through the crack. You know, people come up and say, "Why the chicken crossed the road?" And I go, "I used to know that one." You know, but no, not so far. No, 
You know, and I'll tell you, you could say, oh, let's go to a, a, what's it called? A bar. You know, you can get stuck on words and, and crazy things and people's names from past TV show or something like that. But I haven't got knock on wood to where I'm on stage. And I'm like, what's next? I mean, we've all had that 45 minute, one second pause where nothing is in there. And right. then, you know, but that had those millions of years ago. I, I have trouble remembering names now and it's fucking driving me crazy. I mean, it's driving me nuts. It's, it's, you have a two job? You're not I old enough. I think you reach a capacity where we meet Maybe so we just people. Yeah, you're full. Yeah, I'm like. Well, I had a once, I once I ran to the bathroom. I, I met a girl that I know and I forgot her name and I said, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Ran to the bathroom, went to my Facebook and started scrolling to find her picture. And, and then I found her picture and I walked in the bathroom. Hey, Lana, good to see you. But, um... You told you me would, another you, story. You couldn't remember a comedian's name one time. Well, I, I couldn't remember a comedian's name, and I had to look on the sheet, the schedule, and I looked down, I looked through the schedule, and then when I saw the name, it triggered. Yeah. But, but yeah, you sometimes wouldn't believe how happens. many people that happens to. You know, you talk about it, and somebody goes, oh, yeah, I do that too, you know? Because once, once you have a, that mental block, it's like, oh. But the other night, I, I tried to compensate lack of knowing somebody's name with enthusiasm. You know, and I saw. I was like, "My man, yeah, <laughs> hey which is which is go a ahead, bulletin Danny, board." You know, all right, we gotta go. Listen, uh, Jackie, great guest. Wouldn't right, say thank, no you, best. thank you so much for having me. You, I hope I didn't yak too much. No, not enough. Thank you, Jackie. Pleasure. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.